You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. And we, we uh, were even just off the air talking about hook and bullet. Hook and bullet. Are we allowed what? to talk hook and bullet? Is that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We're not. I, hook and I bu- bet. I bet hook and bullet's safer to talk about than politics, and I slip that in every once. And in a while. religion. And yeah. religion. I slip that in every once in a while too. Yeah, if our <coughs> listeners are still listening after that, then they can handle a little hook and bullet. Yeah. So would you want to see, and this is a question, would you want to see an outdoor gear shop carry hook and bullet stuff? Like a like an REI. Would you want to see, like we're at Gear 30, we carry Premier Mountain Equipment. Would you be stoked if we had some hook and bullets? What would be the first thing to bring in? Fishing is the easy part. Yeah, but fly bo- fishing. Bows. And the hooks. And some hooks. And, and it is hook and bullet, so it would be bullets, guns, hunting rifles. Right. Shotguns. I think, I mean, I think it's one of the more sustainable ways to eat, right? If you're a hunter, um, it's better than going to. I, so I, we I talked about the reason we started Gear Thirty, and we went over this with our with our uh, team last night. One of the reasons, well, it's Premier Mountain Equipment. We decided to carry Premier Mountain. Well, why did we decide to carry Premier Mountain Equipment? Well, it's safer. It's right. it, when you're in the outdoors. Uh, but one of the things that a lot of people don't well. We also say it's probably fiscally a better, it's a better purchasing long-term, idea long term. It's expensive up front, but it, environmentally it's better long term. You're making less stuff. You're putting, you're, you're making less stuff. You're putting less stuff out there. So you're and wasting less you're stuff. You're wasting less stuff. Yeah. Like you're, you're putting less plastics. I mean, the less you buy, the less you destroy the world. <laughs> like, you know, so if you're going to buy something, buy something that is made correctly and right. And, which isn't which is interesting but but also flows over into like you just said like it's it's a it's a way if you're going out and you're harvesting your own meat that's probably more environmentally friendly than buying burgers from mcdonald's oh i i want to say probably (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think 100 percent is more environmentally friendly but you'll get torn a eaten alive on certain threads and certain Twitter places by if you by thinking that like mm-hmm. exactly well I think like you mentioned when we weren't when we were off air you know when we weren't recording that we probably have more in common on the out like if you're a recreation outdoor climbing hiking backpacking skiing we probably have more in common with the hook and bullet hunters, fish the hunters and fishers. Hunters, fishers. Is that how you have to say it? Yeah. Hunters, fishers. They drive their truck. He runs in Chase's family, so he he speaks the language. <laughs> it, it just yeah. came yeah. out just naturally. Yeah. He didn't even we have to try. Hunting and fitting. Um, but we probably have more in common, right? Than we do differences. What are we trying to enjoy? We're trying to enjoy the outdoors. Our divides come with politics. Mm-hmm. 
and it gets nasty in a hurry. And there are people who, uh, you say the word guns, or, you know, then that's, it's immediately a turn off and a negative, and it turns people away, and they won't know anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. What about bow hunting? Does that still, does that scare people? Well, I don't think so. When was the last time someone got shot with a bow? I mean, it happens, but know. it's always by accident in the backcountry, and someone had drank way too much, <laughs> way right. too many peepers. Yeah, but bow hunting seems less scary to to people who aren't interested in guns at all. You know, like okay, like it's a bow, but it's still a way to harvest an animal. So you really you're not scared of harvesting the animal. What you're scared of is the gun. I'm assuming. I don't know because I'm not necessarily on that side of the argument. But, but I'm mean, trying think... to approach it from like okay, what are the, what where. Where are the divides and where do we come together? I think we come together on, we all believe the earth and nature is absolutely stunning and spectacular and we should take care of it. Yeah, which I I think, uh, I don't know. I I think I see the hunting mentality trending towards like the land conservation side because I think there's starting. I wouldn't say they're starting. I I would say that they started the conversation conservation say, movement they would, they would argue that they were the first con- conservationists. conservationists okay which but they were they're not as loud about it well not right. the, not the ones who killed all the bison in yellowstone right not the ones but, who killed all the beavers not the, i mean it goes too far you right. can trap too much right. you kill too many animals yeah I but, mean, I think, there's, there's but i think but i think that medium but i think that was the problem that the the hunters and the con the early conservationists which were hunters were trying to solve saying hey this has gone too far we need to do something about this we need to manage this better Mm-hmm. Like totally. duck, Ducks Unlimited and some of those types of conservation groups did more and raised more money and did more good to to conserve than any, you know, Sierra Club type group or whatever. And, and now there's, I mean, there's, and that's been the case for a long time and that's still the case. These hunting groups, the vast majority of them, 99% of these hunters really want to take care of the environment take care of the animals and stuff they want them to be healthy they want them to last and guess what poaching is illegal right <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's Ill- i drove to work today next to me but almost the whole way was a dnr sheriff right um and i'm like yeah dude fighting the good fight yeah it was you know? there was a a moose that was poached i want to say up near logan really a good looking big moose and they had shot it and left it on the side of the road and there's a $10,000 reward to whoever found it that that money was given up by two people who in the community that want to put an end to poaching. And then there's also a reward backed by the DNR. Wow. Um, so it's it's something that they're taking seriously. And I th- a large majority of hunters, a very large majority of hunters, aren't going willy-nilly shooting things. No. They, they're, they're law-abiding. They, they get a license and they go... But on both sides, there's there's the fringe. It's just it's just like in any. I compare it to elementary school. Do you did you have a class in elementary, junior high, where there wasn't at least one person in there that was not obeying the, the right. rules? There was a, there was a, and usually there's two or three. Right. And that's only twenty five thirty kids. So you grow that up at a large scale. There's hooligans in right. every pursuit you know so you know most of those hooligans though they grow up to be law-abiding citizens a lot of them do most of the time some of them grow up to be politicians (laughs) well (laughs) 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 no some of them grow up to be 
very influential artists mm-hmm. um inventors business owners they right. just when they were young they were bucking the crowd but what i mean more more like the people that were like um your people basically really it comes down to society like people who have bad situations at home right it has it it, it reflects in their school and their class and then and then they grow up to be unruly and they go shoot deer for the hell of it and we're not supposed to yeah. but they're just they're they grew up in a bad situation and it's persisted through their life right yeah and that's going to happen and like you it's hard to prevent that well inter-religion <laughs> yeah that tried religion tried right they have a set of rules there's a set of rules a set of morals that you try to implement and still and people to um prevent things like that from happening in societies but even religion couldn't stop it so it doesn't like it still happens right mm-hmm. right yeah you can't uh you can't force morality and and you know most religions out there agree that that having the ability to choose is is one of the key tenets of religion and stuff so you can't really force people to do the right the right thing even though there's a lot of people out there that want to try and want to make people do the right thing yeah which is the wrong thing of course to make someone but anyway um the the hook and bullet thing the the hunting fishing thing we've we've been kind of a shop for hunters and and fishers unofficially they come in all the time they come in all the time mm-hmm. because they're looking for particularly like archery people because they're hard good good gear they're looking for good gear they're looking for a backpack that can carry a crap ton of weight comfortably yeah they're looking for footwear that can handle like days and and zamberlin dozens and dozens of miles of rough hiking with weight and stuff like that so they come in for zamberlin a lot of times and uh, come in looking for a good tent, something that can handle the the late fall weather in the high country. Hilleberg. So they get Hilleberg. I mean, so we sell a ton of this stuff to the hook and bullet crowd. Uh, we just don't have much in the way of uh, fishing or hunting specific gear like camo apparel or guns or um, we do we have done a bit of like tankara fly fishing stuff in the past. Um, but Which we, at times did really well. Yeah, it would. Go, it was weird because it would kind of ebb yeah, and flow. Hit, hit and miss. Um, yeah, sometimes it would do really super well, and then other times not so much. But anyway, so yeah, we were just talking about it. It's like, man, I wonder because there's not, there's not. I mean, there's a few big box uh, hook and bullet stores in the Ogden area. Um, there's like Sportsman's Warehouse and stuff like oh, that. Oh, but, but Cabela's is way south. Right. But as far as yeah, something that's going to offer real good quality gear for that that uh, you know hunting fishing crowd and stuff like that, there's just not really a specialty shop around offering that stuff. So mm-hmm. it's an idea. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I didn't. That's not where we had started to no, plan to we had start no, the no intention uh, to talk about that podcast uh, today. But um, I was there. You have it. I was very curious about. I think it's an interesting discussion because. Um, there seems to be a divide in those two, two communities, a fairly large divide. When I feel like the issues themselves, uh, for the most part, they're all on the same page. Right. And then there's a couple that just divide us that uh, one uses guns and one doesn't. But more and more and more, and you'll find like 
there's a lot of there's a lot of dirtbag climbers who have a gun in their car because they're nervous about something you know they might have right. they're not shooting animals but they're like protect self-protection right. and stuff so there's people that use um guns that you might not even know that they have their concealed carry or whatever right. but um they're but, backpacking with them and stuff so. right well you know for me i i grew up backpacking climbing all those things i never carried a gun with me and then i had some kids and started taking them backpacking and i started carrying a gun with me when i was in bear country just because i'd have i'd have my bear spray but i'd also have a gun just because i thought you know i feel slightly more empowered if i have a gun and i have to stop like a bear from it you know getting into our stuff with my kids around when i go backpacking i i pretty much never take it if it's me just me or even me and my wife i almost never take the gun because it's extra weight don't if you haven't had kids you're you don't get it right it's weird because as soon as you have kids um even at my house I don't care if I'm by myself. Right. I don't care who I really, you want to come in and try and steal stuff or whatever when I'm home. Okay. I'll deal with that when that happens. But as (laughs) soon as you've got kids, it's a whole nother story and a wife and that you're right. Something about, and, and I'm, I don't, I mean, uh, women have this protection thing as well. And the men's, the the way men usually display it is like, Oh, I got to figure out how to protect my family. Like, I don't like, and, and women will think the same thing. It's like, how do we protect our kids? Right. Yeah. So for me, I, I, you know, I got my concealed carry permit and I pretty much, I rarely carry a gun with me. Sometimes I do. If I'm going into an area where I, you know, think I could potentially South run Ogden. into <laughs> <laughs> Sketchy area. Right. Um, <laughs> But, but I rarely carry a gun um, just because it's it's kind of uncomfortable. It's not particularly comfortable to have a gun hidden um, and be carrying it. But I, I do sometimes. But I'll tell you what, when I go into the backcountry with my kids, I pretty much always have a gun. And uh, when I... Are oh, you talking the backcountry? Not like the back a country. store? No. Um, yeah, not the store. I don't go into the backcountry in the store. Yeah. yeah. I never never go to backcountry. Um, but yeah, I think there's, I mean, there's, I don't know. Are you calling somebody, Chase? No. There's a, there's a. (laughs) I thought he has an emergency phone call. (laughs) He's all, speaking of guns, I got a call to make. (laughs) (laughs) But I think you're right, Brandon, when it comes to, uh, the outdoors, what we would consider like, you know, there's, there's two different outdoor crowds. If you love the mountains, you love the outdoors, you're either a hunter and a fisherman or you're like a backpacker, skier, mountain biker. It's like human-powered stuff uh, with no killing and... Gunpowder-powered. Well, <laughs> I, guess, I guess there's more than two groups. But anyway, there's like the hunters and there's the other guys, the other recreationists. And, and of course, you've got guys that do both. There's plenty of those guys that do both. Um, I would say I'm one of those guys. I don't hunt a lot, but I do occasionally. I like to fish. But you do have the crossover. But there's kind of a divide. And yet, when you talk, and, you know, actually, one of of our acquaintances that we all know, he... um, He's been a real avid, hardcore climber and mountaineer for years and years and years, alpinist. Um, He climbed an alley. He's done a lot of cool stuff. And... um, 
and he just took up archery hunting and he said it was one of the hardest things he's ever done and what an accomplishment he got an elk and everything it was a cool accomplishment so you i think you do get some of those crossovers and and i i think it's safe to say i think we would all agree that he cares very much for the environment he cares very much for to have healthy ecosystems and stuff like that and doesn't see archery hunting as as a barrier to that in fact it maybe is a tool to keep things healthy if it's managed well so you know yellowstone is a, is a place where a lot of people do come together from both those sides um i took we went up there with my brother-in-law who's definitely hook and bullet he's so hook and bullet that right now he's in florida shooting a gator well he shot a gator <laughs> with a bow by the way Did, yeah. so you have to shoot it with the you have to shoot it with i asked him all uh so how do you how do you get a gator like like what do, what do you do like you shoot it with an with a bow and then because you got to reel it in essentially and then you shoot it in the back of the head or whatever oh. up close to kill it but if you shoot it with the gun from far away it just sink you like you can't get it or something i don't know but you you basically bow it reel it in anyway that's how if you in case you're curious out <laughs> Interesting. there oh, wow okay yeah we he went up to yellowstone for it was our wedding years and years ago and I was surprised at how cool he thought it was where we enjoy it. Cause it's nature, it's national park and there's animals, then nobody's shooting them, you know, <laughs> but he thought it was, he thought it was awesome. He thought it was the coolest thing. And they're like, there, yeah, they're like right there. And I'm like, that was fascinating to me that a guy who pays to go hunt in Africa and all these places is so fascinated by these the elk in Yellowstone they're just right there so he got just as much satisfaction and fun out of it as as I do who I'm like please don't shoot these animals like these, these ones you don't shoot like that's right. you know and and he, but yeah that's what well, that's why they're allowed to live and you can go I guess control them on other places but plus people have like four big ass ranches and stuff <laughs> you can go you can pay to go hunt on their ranches right is that even fair i mean the the animals aren't caged or anything they're just happen to be on their land but they call it a ranch what it is is basically a fence around a giant piece of land where the animals were anyway right Mm -hmm. yeah and the animals can go over the fences and get them um there's one one buddy of mine a good friend of mine um, that i've done quite a bit of backpacking and hiking with he's a big hunter and uh he thought it would be cool um and he doesn't, I mean, he hunts and, and kills animals to eat the meat and to, you know, fill his freezer and stuff like that. But he doesn't, he's not crazy about killing. He, he takes, he takes na- kids and stuff out and takes them hunting for the first time. And he's, he's just happy to be out there, you know, whether he's backpacking or hiking or he's hunting or whatever he's doing, he just loves being in the mountains and seeing animals and stuff. So he took his wife up to the Uintas one time with his elk call his elk bugle and um and and they were dressed up in all their camo and stuff like that didn't have a gun or anything they didn't i don't even know if he had a tag at the time but he just it was it was during the rut it was this time of year and he wanted to show his wife because his wife had never gone hunting with him he wanted to show his wife why hunting was so cool so they were hidden in the trees and he he bugles bugles and then he hears a male elk bugle back and he bugles and bugles back and he calls him in and the and then like these three big bull elk 
walk in and they're just hidden which there. i think is a real bad practical joke <laughs> <laughs> like they're just looking for this guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> and anyway so like, where is this guy anyway <laughs> i can hear him but i can't find him <laughs> but he says that he and his wife are just sitting there like perfectly still the elk don't know they're there and he says these three like i think he said there were three big big bull elk that were bugling and snorting and huffing and it was early in the morning it was cold so you could see the the steam uh, the uh, breath 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 and stuff as they were snorting and stuff and they're bugling and he said it was just wild and his wife just thought it was the craziest coolest thing ever i mean Mm. you could just imagine the adrenaline rush until you shoot one (laughs) here comes the finale (laughs) well yeah i guess so but he just but he said like that to me is as cool as any hunting trip i've ever been on is being with my wife and showing her that and yeah allowing her to experience that type of thing in it um but of course it's also cool if you're you know if you're yeah i have friends i have friends that hunt do you hunt uh i do hunt i i um I do a lot more hunting than catching or killing. I, in fact, I have never killed a deer, elk, or anything like that. But I've gone hunting with people who do, and um, I, I've got nothing against it personally. But my wife likes beef more than she <laughs> likes deer, more than she likes elk and stuff. But yeah. um, well, that is a. But thing I do if have you don't friends. Like the flavor. I do have friends though that like they count on getting an elk every fall to fill their freezer for the year mm-hmm. and they eat elk meat and i actually really like elk, elk meat. tastes so good it is really it's good really good really taste. good yeah in fact it, as long as like you if you get one that's not uh, if you get one that's not all uh you know wormy right that's <laughs> exactly no but if you like shoot an elk and it runs off for a long way and gets the adrenaline stuff pumping and everything like that and then dies. Sometimes the meat Does tastes the funny. Meat? Yeah. yeah, it just tastes funny. It's a little a gamey shot. and stuff like that. If you mm. if you shoot one and it just, you know, falls to the ground, doesn't run off very far or whatever, then meat tends to taste a lot better and it's not as gamey. Mm. If you get something like that, then elk is super good. And my, my wife, actually, because uh, my father-in-law hunted a lot, they grew up eating eating elk all the time that was they didn't like deer so much but they'd really liked elk well that's true you've got it in your family i mean he's yeah. mr african safari hunter guy but he's very outdoorsy right like backpacking fishing climbing mountaineering climbing, he likes yeah. it all uh and my dad grew up hunting and uh when i was my dad took me hunting when i was like eight or nine something like that the first time we went hunting and that was the last time he took me hunting because we saw the animal that we wanted to get and as my dad was about to shoot it, I started crying and that begged him not to shoot. <laughs> and he just, and he oh could at that point, course. he couldn't yeah. shoot it. So he oh. did, so he didn't shoot it. And then but he dad, said, why you got to kill the animals? <laughs> dad. Yeah. And so, so he didn't shoot it. And then he said, oh. well, that's kind of the last, that's the last time I'm taking you hunting. I'm afraid. <laughs> Uh, you're not gonna grow up to be the man i thought you were that's rough yeah so oh that's funny anyway yeah but um for for all you hook and bullet people out there that um uh you're looking for some good 
gear to I'll tell you what they make into the back country. The, out, the outdoor industry now that's a that's the other question I would have is because I've never shopped at a Cabela's or anything is I'm assuming they have some of the best equipment out there I mean they sit in freezing freaking cold weather for long periods of time it's all got to be heavy Gore-Tex Pertex down stuff like they've got to use all the best stuff in the industry right they do now yeah yeah, yeah that didn't used to be the case though Actually, it used to be that, like, the mountaineering crowd and the, um, yeah, it was the mountaineering crowd really had the cutting-edge stuff and the hunting crowd, not so much. It was heavier and stuff like that. But there's a few brands out there, like Kuyu and um, Kuyu Sit- used Sitka. to be Sitka. The guy the guy that started Kuyu was the guy that started Sitka. And, uh, and but those two brands, they're, like, cutting-edge type Gore-Tex, top-of-the-line stuff and there's a few other brands out there that are now up there with that technology so they make some great stuff i still think uh, well and uh, here's another one uh, mystery ranch makes mm-hmm. hunting backpacks mm-hmm. and they're they're the best backpacks and um you know zamberlin they're they're a good crossover there they don't make the hunting boots so much as they make like heavy duty mountain boots that are that are perfect for hunting um it's so Zamberlin is like the functional version of what Chase is wearing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Those are sweet though. I th- those look super comfy and they I, are so comfy. I'll tell you what though, more and more um as I get older I get lazier and amen. And tying my shoes is just too much <laughs> i'm looking my shoes are off and your shoes are untied i'm seeing um more and more have laces tying shoes is just too much of a chore for me half the chase, time so chase i wear slippers Blundstones all the time on, and blundstones are obviously trendy but they've got to have some sort of practicality in them because they're they are very popular so comfortable and they're easy to put on and they last forever I totally need a pair. I just and they're from cool. Tasmania. Do we have oh. them at, at the store yet? We will this fall. Not yet. They're not here yet, but they're coming. Yep, they are. <coughs> they look good on you, Chase. I hope they look as good on me when I get some. I think they will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I want I want some of those too. I just anytime I look at a shoe that looks nice and has no laces, I need it. <laughs> Slippers. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, those those wool. Um, what are they called? The the glare ups. Yeah, the, the glare ups. The, oh yeah, those, those are, are from De- Denmark or something like that, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, I wear those like all the time. When I'm not wearing my bogs, I'm wearing my glare ups <laughs> because they don't have laces. I don't have to tie them. I slip them on, I slip them off. There you go. But I've worn holes through the leather bottoms of my glare ups and. That's impressive. Yeah, they they're getting quite quite large now, so I need to get another pair or get some blunt stones. You know what we haven't talked about this this uh, podcast session today? The jazz. The jazz. Yeah, mm-hmm. whatever happened to those jazz. guys? Yeah, they <laughs> <laughs> they died. We left. They were up three games to one, and they blew it. And we, and we were really you know excited, what? and we, were, we couldn't didn't... even get through a podcast because they were playing, and we could playing so well. we couldn't focus. And then we just forgot about them. We don't even care anymore. You yeah. know what? You know, like that, the season's over. Like season's a, over. Like a true, a true jazz, true fan. jazz fan. Um, they blew. I it. wasn't surprised. <laughs> I know. I tried to tell oh. you. I tried to tell you. Man, it was just. 
you know what though with all of the politics that's getting into sports and stuff i've just kind of been like yeah whatever i'm i'm moving on. but i I'm, i was it was like i here's what i knew here's what i knew there may be a problem and i think they were it was three games to one and then yeah. i think it was three games to two and i was driving to work and the local sports station was on and they had on this gal from the trib or something and she's supposed to because they always do these things where they, they have these news people call in they they, they assess they cover right so she covers the jazz right and she says you know they oh well the good news is um they're going to beat denver in, in five or in six or whatever the good news is they'll beat denver in six and then they'll move on and she's talking about who they're playing next right and i'm like uh-oh, you just ruined it. Not yeah, so fast, not lady. I'm, while I'm driving to work, I'm thinking this is not... That's... No one in the public or the media should ever talk like that, ever. 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 It right. ruins every time. Right. And sure as... Thanks blame a her. lot, Tribune sports lady. Jeez, you local just... channel, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I kind of... You know, when they were up three games to one, I thought, okay, they're going to win this series. And then when they lost the next game, I thought, mm, I think they could lose this series. Yep. <laughs> they went from, like, destroying Denver to not being able to figure out Jamal Murray. What the? Tonight yeah. might be interesting. I stopped tonight, watching. Tonight so. could be interesting because it's game seven because Denver freaking came back again from a 3-1 deficit to force a game seven. And you know that it's only happened 13 times in the history of the NBA where a team down 3-1 came back and won the series, and Denver's looking at doing it twice twice, twice in a row. In the same, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be historic. Anyway, all right, yeah. well, that's uh, that's all I got for the hook and bullet stuff. Let's come back. I want to talk. I want to hear about your tent. Yeah. yeah, sounds good. All right, wrap uh, us. All right, thanks for joining us for the podcast. We're uh, <clears throat> this uh, – the the COVID nineteen and the hurricane force winds and all the fires and mm. stuff have kind of gotten us all all frazzled. We're talking about all sorts of things that are just a little out of the ordinary for us, hook and bullet and everything else. But um, if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends, and also check out some of our past episodes. We've got over two hundred of them, and uh, we've talked about a lot of great gear over the years. We've talked a lot about. Um, great trips great places to go um some of our fun trip reports and, and funny stories and other things so check those out and um if you're a little bit unsure about uh the future because the world seems to be just kind of crazy and lots of crazy things are happening and stuff check out gear30.com for emergency preparedness stuff because it just so happens that all your camping and backpacking gear can play double duty yeah. for uh, for a bug out bag or for for that sort of thing. And backpacking food can stay on the shelf for like 30 years. So <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, check out gear30.com. That's G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. See you out there.